0: Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. I am C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I'm talking to Seth Rodney and Stephen Fullwood from Orange, California.
1: Right, and good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, This is Seth. I am speaking to you from the uh, South Bronx, where it's actually sunny and kind of bright today from my window. Mm-hmm. I am an editor at Hyperallergic, um, one of the best art magazines, blogazines in the world, and I'm happy to be a part of
2: it. Hi, and my name is Stephen G. Fullwood, and I am speaking to you from Harlem. It is very cold here, and um, but it's nice. It's nice out, and... Um, I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, which is an organization that focuses on helping people of African descent arrest, develop, and create their archives, as well as find homes for them in institutions around the
0: world. Arrest, develop, and create. I like mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. series of uh, adjectives. Thank you. Uh, or actually verbs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, today, we are talking about... Uh, porn pornography uh, and we did not really give ourselves a lot of guardrails on the topic because obviously it's a huge topic we could talk about the industry we could talk we could give uh, personal anecdotes uh, we could uh, talk about its social function we could talk about its consequences we could talk about a variety of things mm-hmm. um, so and we have not we haven't predetermined that so uh, which I think is actually a good call so we can kind of just see where the conversation takes us um, mm-hmm.
2: uh,
0: Stephen or Seth do either one of you want
1: to lead us into it or? Uh... Yeah, I kind of do because okay, I, all right. the are two, nice. two pressing things. One is bow, I think bow, that bow. Bow. <laughs> this <laughs> conversation really dovetails with the sort of overall aims of the podcast anyway, right? Which is some kind getting at some kind of intellectual intimacy making a space for that. I think that 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 uh, that Pornography is a particularly kind of, um, uh, what's the word, piquant, I guess, um, way to get at that kind of intimacy because porn, for better or for worse, involves intimacy at the very least. If Mm -hmm. we're on the same page about what porn means, which is the sort of staging and playing out of sexual acts for someone who is watching, right? Mm -hmm. For a presumed watcher. Mm -hmm. then there's at least physical... There may not be emotional intimacy, um, but there certainly is physical intimacy. Uh, And I think one of the things that I kind of came... Well, actually, no. I want to go back to the conversation that we had at the end of the last podcast where we thought about talking about this subject. One of the things that Travis said, which stuck with me, was that he thinks that in some ways porn undoes... Sort of all our highfalutin uh, uh, <laughs> stories about um, what we're doing with art and narrative. He says, like, P- I think, it- and Travis, you're going to actually say this much better than I could because, uh, I that because you said it. Um, <laughs> that, but in some ways, it, the, the gist of it was for me that in some ways, porn does away with the notion that we need narrative. Because we really just mm-hmm. want the sex, we just want the pleasure. Mm. Is that right, Travis?
0: Well, you, you're actually you're you're conflating productively to it's something that I said and then something that Stephen said. Okay, uh, we were okay. kind of we were kind of mm-hmm. back and forth about mm-hmm. uh, and and I was inside of that thought at the time, and so I'm not outside of it. I'm not inside of it. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was inside of that thought at the time, and so. Uh, I, the thread of that piece of the conversation with Stephen isn't immediately coming to mind, though mm-hmm. what you are observing I do think is um, a line of inquiry for us, and, I, and I'm happy to pursue it. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I do think that um, in many ways the sort of titillation that we look for from entertainment, um, and I, I would – probably draw a broad distinction very carefully uh, and and very on a spectrum and lots of gray, mostly gray, uh, between art and entertainment and pornography. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would Mm -hmm. probably draw on Joyce for that um, Mm -hmm. and say that, you know, there's a kind of excitement, titillation, acquisitiveness that goes along with uh, there's a type of voyeurism in mm-hmm. entertainment and pornography that i don't think is necessarily there to the sa- at the same mixture in art clearly it's part of it right but it's it's not uh it's not the main ingredient i don't think mm-hmm. and so uh pornography's uh disregard for this sort of thin fiction of the narrative, like very thin fiction, the kind of double meaning of that, uh, mm. that that is appended to the pornography, mm. um, I think calls into question the variety of entertainments that we engage ourselves with, whether mm-hmm. they be uh, intellectual or, uh, you know, more popular or base. Hmm. Uh, so I, I I'll I'll expand to <laughs> no, no no no
1: no 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 I was I wanted to really uh, give Stephen a space to speak here because I know and I don't know that this is blowing up your spot Stephen if I mention the group that meets that you meet with like every year or so what is it Pornocom?
2: is that is that PornoCon yeah, C O N like in conference yeah
1: yeah yeah right can, can you talk a little bit about what that's about and what you do there if that's all right
2: okay. Oh sure. I mean, um so it was the brainchild of a friend of mine, Lawrence Harding, who was interested kind of like a lot of us were that we we had all this sort of un unregulated and un, and disrespected knowledge <laughs> about pornography from different points of view. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so por- Pornocon was a way to kind of bring those conversations together and to talk about the different kinds of pornography that existed and it so we, we haven't met every year. We actually have met, I think, three times, possibly three times, maybe mm-hmm, even okay. twice. Mm-hmm. And what I learned was that there were people doing things like cataloging their pornography, other people who were into watching other people watch pornography. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. And the space... Which I is pornography, was, I would say. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, cut. Yeah, yeah, You know, and then, I so what it... Lawrence did was in his first sort of, um, outreach to various people in our circle, he, um, wrote a little bit about his experiences, with pornography, which inspired me to write about my, um, my thoughts and experiences with pornography. So I'll do the personal very quickly and then kind of circle back to the porno kind of very briefly. And it's like, I remember seeing pornography very early in my life, Mm. you know, seeing the magazines, the, um, I remember seeing the bondage magazines that were both in black and black and white in color. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing the nudist magazines, and I was like maybe five or six wow. very young um and I just remember getting erections mm-hmm. <laughs> at that early age and mm-hmm. not understanding why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there was that, and then there was just these moments where you know, I grew up in a neighborhood in South side of Toledo where occasionally somebody's father or somebody's brother or maybe some woman was like, I'm done with this pornography. And they would put it out on the street and the boys would go crazy. Mm -hmm. But the girls weren't interested. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They just found Mm -hmm. it disgusting. And why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. And and so that was like the middle school years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll spare you the rest of the essay, but I remember thinking as I got older, I was starting to do research on the origins of pornography. It was something I was considering going to school For in terms of a PhD to sort of study pornography in libraries Mm -hmm. because libraries are supposed to be collecting our culture and that's a significant part of our culture. The New York Public Library does collect erotica and pornography and Mm -hmm. likes to say it as a way to talk about its sensibilities Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, it's trying to do it, but it's not something that they promote. Do you know what Uh, I mean? Sort of at the same time.
1: I I did not know that.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and there are institutions that do collect it um, but largely that falls on institutions that are either queer or have been marked by the sexu- their sexuality right, right. right. Um,
0: And uh, do you know if in the institutions that are collecting it uh, that are uh, oriented towards you know questions of Uh, queer culture, are they collecting a broad spectrum of pornography, sort of heteronormative pornography, all the way to the more extreme fetishes? Or is it localized to whatever their interests might be?
2: I would say that it has a lot to do with the archivist or librarian who sometimes their tastes get in get in the way of... Mm. And what I mean by taste, I'm talking about their politics, Mm -hmm. not their sexual... Not that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Their mm -hmm. politics, what they find or deem worthy of saving or worthy of keeping. Mm. So I think it varies from institution to institution. Um, I'm sure that somebody's not going to be collecting child pornography Mm-hmm. I'm sure of that because I think the the ways in which the U.S. well, no, in,
0: no institution is collecting it. I mean, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, they're people, yeah. but the institutions themselves. Who I mean, what I thought was a good PhD sort of um, perspective, a dissertation topic would be to investigate over the years how um, libraries did or didn't do it and why, and, to, and then also to talk to the librarians and archivists who did, mm-hmm. but also the the statutes. I mean, excuse me. There was a um, God, I don't really recall it, but I knew that libraries had to install on their public computers filters for kids right. mm-hmm. so that they wouldn't see any Stumble pornography. Right. And there were at least, there were other theorists um, who were saying things like, well, if you pay taxes, why can't you go to the library, look at a computer and look at pornography? Mm. And I've always had that in my head. I was like, this is a very interesting um, thing because you are paying taxes, but you're sharing public space with people. So you constantly have to make sure that just because your tastes are this, it doesn't impact on someone else's
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know, kid or someone else's um, you know, different way of looking at it. So, mm-hmm.
1: But I really want to get at this question. I'm glad you raised it. Because I wonder what this means. When we say that we shouldn't be looking at watching Mm -hmm. pornography in Uh public with other people around. Essentially, what we're saying is we shouldn't be engaging in sex acts in public with other people around. There's some kind of law, and and this seems to be across cultures, right?
2: Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. a
1: taboo about that, sort of like the incest taboo in that
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it
1: is something that cuts across cultures and nations. At that there's something uniquely private about the Sex Act that it feels wrong in some profound way to so, uh, engage in it in public or even to uh, watch images uh, of that in mm, public, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: The only the only qualification I would like to add is I don't know if it's a cultural universal. I feel like it's okay. not, um, but I do feel that it is is certainly widespread. It's widespread and, and fair enough. Yeah, and 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 prevalent certainly in the modern era. Right. I I don't know about uh, I, I don't know in the distant past. It's, for example, um, something that would be considered not only um, illegal. Uh, I mean, so not Mm -hmm. only illicit, but uh, or or illicit is illegal. So Not only um, uh, sexually provocative, but also illegal currently is in in China. I forget during which dynasty it was not uncommon. Uh, It was accepted practice for uh, and I, you know, if we had enough listeners, I'm sure I'd get some kind of outrageous social media response to this. But mothers Mm -hmm. would suck off their infant uh, boys to make them hard um mm-hmm. but it was it was uh absolutely forbidden to kiss them um in public mm. Mm. So so wow. I mean something and something and and I can uh, maybe when we put the transcript out I can get the citation for that um, it's, a, it. an, it's an, in an anthology on the history of cynics wow uh, cross culturally and mm. uh, it, you know people that that I mean cynics in um, the, the diogenes sense of people that are like sort okay. of like existing outside of the public sphere and doing uh-huh, things to uh-huh. intentionally provoke and undermine uh, social norms mm. um wow. so, so something, I mean, that is like at a base gut level, let's say, let's assume the citation is correct. And, and, and that, and even if it's not, it serves as a useful anecdote because of course there are practices, cultural practices that for us at a gut level, just undoes everything we think we know about human nature Mm -hmm. and, and sexuality. We Mm -hmm. all have those, like soft spots right or most of us Mm -hmm. maybe not all but certainly most Mm -hmm. of us and so that's the only i agree seth that i think that there's probably something uh worth exploring in the sort of privacy of the act in the modern era Mm -hmm. Um, but it's productive because i think it says something very much about what it means to be a human Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. modern era Oh, yeah. um, and and that the range of the human is is far broader um than than it's currently construed
2: it's always been
0: always broader yeah. always
2: i mean you guys made me think of carnival you made me you, you put me in the mm. mind of what type of approximated pornography are we witnessing Mm. And at what time in public? Mm. And I was thinking about carnival and the different kinds of sort of acts that are being acted out without mm. penetration, obviously, in some mm. cases with penetration, mm. but we're, <laughs> right. or what's going on in San Francisco at their you know, the, what is it, the name of the street?
0: Burning Man? Oh, no, well, there's the no, Burning no, no, Folsom,
2: Man, Folsom, Folsom yeah. Street. Oh. No, it's an activity that happens all the time, and I'm you can watch it online, and you're like, oh, these people were actually there's um, fellatio, there's penetration. What are the laws here? <laughs> um, wow. And this is just in the U.S. And I suspect right. that we, given now that we have the internet and we have all all this um, unprecedented access to each other, mm-hmm. we're, we're going we're going to learn more. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea of a public citizen mm-hmm. is constantly in flux when mm-hmm. it comes to what it is we're supposed to be up to versus what we're not supposed to be up to, mm-hmm. but how desire makes us kind of kind of kind Of crazed,
0: you know, yeah, well, and yeah. that that, that I'll, I'll, super quick and then for you so said that just to as another example, that 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 um uh, the uh documentary that Stephen turned us on to about Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, mm-hmm. uh, Wild West, they were all like in that commune, they were just having sex in public, like it was just very common for people mm-hmm. to right. just. Like get it on on a bridge or you right. know like uh, I don't know under a frosty or something I don't know. I mean whatever you know, but wild wild country wild wild country thank six, you yeah, yeah. no worries yeah. six
2: uh, six episodes on, on Netflix huh. it's, it's sound like, a, like an ad. Um, what are you thinking <laughs> Seth well I'm thinking a lot of
1: things one of them is that is in, is this idea is the significance of penetration because it just yeah. occurred to me that that's the thing right that kind of that's the borderline because you can kiss in public in most modern well i'm I really, it depends I on where you're It sure. depends on that. where you're at yep. yeah yeah but, <laughs> but 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 let's say in the u.s at least like you can kiss someone in public not a big deal you can even kind of get into making out tonguing someone down It's it's kind of okay mm. but mm-hmm. once you get into the genitalia penetrating other genitalia, or penetrating an anus, like it's then it's like there's some there's some line that's being, and that's the th- there's some line that's that defines, and once you mm-hmm. cross that, then you're into the the territory. Going to,
0: going to jail, depending on right, where you right, right, right. right.
1: <laughs> but it's the, it's the, it's 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 the orifice, and I think what that means at some base level is there's some kind of bodily i don't know not i'm I'm struggling for the word it's not coherence but there's some sort of um threshold there that penetrating the body going into the body with another person with a part of another person's body is somehow that's that's the crux of the matter that if we're seeing that if we're witnessing that that that's the that's the thing that is kind of what we're what
0: what modern uh, societies are policing against so mm-hmm. i i would go pleasure over penetration i would really? say that yeah i would say that the i mean cause yeah, whatever macking on someone is not the same as someone you know sucking you off or like giving you a hand job or something like that it's just Wait, not, but the, but the, the degree of the degree mm. I, I think i think it would be mm. my my contention is this that that if if you had someone that was polymorphously perverse and could get off like by having their earlobe stroked, hmm. that that would be basically as uncomfortable for people to see in public as it would be to see an actual uh, penetration. Maybe not exactly, but that that it's it's actually it's actually the depth of the pleasure and the the abandon with which our social selves. Are discarded mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is is at the heart of that dis uh, that disgust
1: I'm, I'm I'm actually I'm actually
0: mm-hmm.
1: in totally in, in agreement with you I think that I think that's actually mm-hmm. right and I think that there is something about but this it's the pleasure that what is the, what's the character from the Neil Gaiman um, uh, graphic novel um, it's one of the um, the eternal man Yeah, no, right. Sandman, but it's... Delight or Delirium? Right, right, that's the one. The the character's Mm -hmm. name is Delight, but her sort of, her sort of, like on a sort of Janus-faced God, like the other side of her is Delirium. Delirium. And I think that's precisely what happens in sex. It's like we go from Delight right over into Delirium. And I think you're absolutely right in saying abandonment. Like there's a way in which we... Like you don't say... Where's a way in which we abandon our social selves in sex. You don't say... The things that you say to your sexual partner, to any other human being Mm-mm. ever, like, that's, like that space right. of sex is like, I mean, this is one of the things that have always be, just befuddled me about American culture, mm-hmm. is how, no, I should say American Christian, evangelical in particular culture, is mm-hmm. like, how can you be against something that is so freeing? I mean, mm. it is sex is so amazing in that way. In that, that is why. Because virginity. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, just be, said it. Because, yeah. because, <laughs> but, are, but, just because but doesn't it that strike you as like really fucked up? That I mean, yeah, the one place where deeply. you can be like truly powerful, truly full of grace.
2: But you don't see explore, it as powerful.
1: But explorative and, and just and, and curious and loving and finally attuned to
2: another human being. Like, why wouldn't you want to do more of that? Because the body doesn't exist in the ways, or it's discarded, or it's minimalized, or put aside. Right, disavowed, disavowed, essentially. And so earlier on, I was thinking about how pornography both makes your body disappear and appear
0: Mm. at the same
2: time Mm. as you're watching it. Because you're Mm -hmm. watching other people's bodies, and you're deriving pleasure from it, Mm. and your body's there, but at the same time, it's not... Separate in a way from the thing that you're viewing. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, I think that what you said earlier about the evangelical Christians or other folks like them, mm-hmm. they're not trying to have that free, that kind of free. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: and, and that's then, why
2: a lot of people go, I, I apologize, I was just thinking about how many ministers end up you find out that they're gay, or that they're cheating on their wives. Yes, it's, like, it's clearly a battle. <laughs> yes, clearly that they're
1: constantly losing. Lose very right, exactly. <laughs>
0: <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> I must hold on to this. I was like, really. So the yeah. only the other thing that I would throw into this though is I mm. don't think it's just evangelicals. I think it is American culture. I think it is. Mm, I mean, right. I. American culture in general. There are all kinds of subcultures that that absolutely throw that off. Mm-hmm. Um, to great, to great productive genius. I mean, as well. Mm-hmm. But like, I think mm-hmm. it's there in the Me Too movement. To be perfectly honest, I do. Oh, I think there is a no, strong. Uh, there is a strong discomfort with the unruliness of the body and our mm-hmm. sexuality that the oh, Me Too yeah. movement is reacting against. Well,
1: well, let's talk about mm-hmm. the story that came out about uh, uh, Master of None, um, Aziz Ansari. Right, like yeah. that story, right? You, you guys both read that, right? Yeah. The mm-hmm. the, 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 mm-hmm. the story written by the woman that appeared in the um, in the um, magazine that basically un. Basically, undid uh, Aziz Ansari's career. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say it like her story uh-huh. didn't have merit or doesn't have merit. I'll it say does. it didn't have merit. Okay, well, mm.
2: the, <laughs> okay. I'll say it was terrible okay. sex. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the way sex, that yeah. <laughs> the
1: way that Aziz and that, the way that Ansari was, was unruly in his desire. The way mm-hmm. that he like chased her. I mean, yes, I completely. No, she like, chased he, him, right? She and chased then him initially, yes, right. but she like got got to the point where she felt uncomfortable. She didn't know how to say, "Well, I just want to get out of here." And I didn't have the wherewithal to like get get it together to get out. But mm-hmm. what what now? What we're, what I'm struck with is how much, and I've been there, where I've had been in a, in, in in a situation in a in a room with someone. And I, the desire I felt for her was so palpable, so powerful. Like I really, in that moment, it was hard for me to imagine anything else. Like not mm-hmm. like imagine a world existing outside of that room. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily for me, in a lot of most of those instances, that mm-hmm. person, the woman I was desiring in that moment, was in it with me. Like, who has had mm-hmm. that kind, ki-
2: mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. least it
1: felt like she had that kind of desire for me mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And that's precisely what makes sex so amazing. And I do think that this is precisely what makes pornography in some ways sad for me. In that it always feels when I'm watching it. Like, oh man, <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> okay. not there. Like I'm I wish there. I was this the is- postman. Right, exactly. Like, I wish I, wish I, I was uh, delivering a pizza, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. That's right, right. tossing all right. of them. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. I wish I was in that sleepover. Um, I, 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 but 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 here is the thing, and 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 I want to wrap this up, wrap this into the the the, thread of the, con- the part of the conversation that's about, is sort of denial of the body, um, mm-hmm. which may show up very much in me in the Me Too movement, and certainly shows up in Christian. Uh, communities, you know, I grew up that way. My parents mm. took mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and my sister not only to church, like at least once or t- well, yeah, at least once a week, but often twice or three times a week. Um, we went to Christian school. We went to Christian summer camp. I mean, it was over determined mm-hmm. that I would yes. be a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The moment that I had a physical confrontation with my father, my father was a well. We talked about my father. And you know mm-hmm. that he is just was not a good father. Mm-hmm. The moment that we had a, a physical confrontation was when, and it was it was around pornography. It's like when he crossed a line for me was he? I had some magazines when I was a seventeen year old because like I was curious and I, and I liked I liked women's bodies. I like mm-hmm. I like seeing women's bodies naked. I like seeing pussy like that. That's hasn't mm-hmm. changed.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, he
1: <laughs> he. Um, I came home one day, and this is when I'd. Um, Come back from college, and I dropped down. I wasn't sure I was going back, but I was trying to figure it out. Uh, and I came home, and I had this, this small room in my um, in my father's apartment. And we were we were at loggerheads at that point. But I came home, and he had found my porno mags. I don't know where I don't remember where I'd hid them, but he found them and he spread them out all on the bed. And I was like, mm. "What? Did, what did you do that for?" And he's like, "Blah blah blah. blah and not in my house. You can't." And and I got so angry, I hit him.
2: Wow. Wow.
1: Yeah. I got so angry because what he said was, but, but here's the thing that pushed me over the edge was that he said essentially wow. that he was not going to respect my boundaries. Like he didn't care whether mm. or not I felt like he was invading my privacy. He, he, basically, he was saying to me, I don't care about your privacy. Like mm-hmm. I, I'll I'll mm-hmm. cross that threshold anytime I want, mm-hmm. um, and that sent me off. Wow. And, okay. we had, and we had a fight, and he went to the kitchen to get a hammer, and I just ran out and I called Lawrence, um, Lawrence mm-hmm. Harding, who we mentioned earlier in the podcast, mm-hmm. who is also who's my one of my oldest friends, and Lawrence came and got me, and that was the last time that I lived in my father's house. Mm-hmm. So, um, pornography was. What figures into that story prominently, mo- mostly as a kind of like, um, as a kind of, um, uh, I'm not sure what to call it. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, it, a narrative element that kind of put in greater relief, my relationship with my father.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, at the risk of, you so we're coming up on the 30 minute mark, but there are a couple of things I would actually, uh, like to ask both of you. Uh, so mm-hmm. if we run over a little bit, um, I, would beg a little, um, leeway with that. So one, Seth, uh, that must've been incredibly difficult. And was there a sense of guilt associated with that as well? So not only were you casting off like your father and had this like intense confrontation, you were, would also be dealing with kind of the baseline, shame of pornography in general because of how society treats that. I mean, it must have been really, really difficult. Exactly.
1: It was, and I think that I've ping-ponged back and forth around feelings, feelings of shame for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, in fact, one of the things that has helped me deal with that has been in my 40s having the kind of relationships, I mean romantic relationships that I've had, um, the last one with Caroline was really loving and and beautiful and generous and kind and um it was also hot it was also mm-hmm. like really it was also really sexual mm-hmm. and I think in that relationship it, it, it was made more clear to me that being generous and kind doesn't have to exist at odds with being mm-hmm. a really sexual human being who wants to fuck who mm-hmm. wants who really likes that who likes playing mm-hmm. with desire and with power and i think also what's helped me what's helped me <laughs> is having conversations with you guys because you both are so sort of attuned to the ways in which my own Internalized mechanisms shape my behaviors. That, in mm-hmm. talking to you about what happens in my life, I mm-hmm. get to step back and say, "Oh yeah, there's that mechanism operating again." Oh yeah, of course. I'm of course that's why I felt this way about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the conversations with you and my other uh, really intelligent friends really helps me just get at those internal mechanisms that sometimes escape my notice.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Um, th- thank you for that. I wanted to make a yeah. slight comment, and then I wanted to ask Stephen something. So I, earlier I had made the reference to... Um, uh, in ancient China, mothers... Sucking at, I want to make super clear that I think you would find just as strange behavior in the European past, in the African... Like, there's absolutely... I mean sort of anti-chinese sentiment is so much in the air now that yeah, i want to make it super yeah, clear yeah, that yeah, yeah. under no circumstance am yeah, yeah, yeah. i singling <laughs> yeah. that put culture out yeah, yeah. there Your is disclaimer put it out that's yeah. that's right there's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. lots of weirdness in yeah, yeah, yeah. every single culture no, in absolutely. the world yeah, yeah, yeah. um so and then Stephen, i wanted to ask uh, so mm-hmm. since when you were coming to grips with your sexuality as you were maturing,
1: mm-hmm. was mm-hmm.
0: pornography um, an outlet for you to to be uh, to come to grips with your own sexual desire, um, or did it come to the game late? Were you like, did you kind of like sort of work through that internally, and then? And then uh, discover that afterwards is you know kind of a more um, as a more mature gay man. Good Great question, question. Yeah. very good question. It was two
2: trains running; it, they were <laughs> developing together. <laughs> <Right>. nice. <laughs> nice. Because because I went through mm. and was only you know the, the the boxes of pornography that were being tossed out on the street or put in the bag to be thrown away were, were heterosexual, heterosexual. Yeah. sure, right, sure. So there needed to be and and and. For some people who talk about their sexuality, they knew from when they were very young or they discovered it at 18 that, you know, this is what their preference is. However, that cognitive dissonance or whatever, whatever was happening. For me, I was always aware that I was a sexual human being, but I was always struggling with what it what is this? I don't understand Mm -hmm. this. I still Mm -hmm. like girls. I don't really fully get what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And then when puberty hit, it became, it was almost like. Like a red light, you know, and <laughs> I said like oh phone. this is what it is, I think. Oh no, oh no, this isn't something This is not like. a drill. This is not this a drill. This is not a drill. <laughs> not a drill. We're gonna to have to we're gonna to have to, you know, develop some some secrets and mm-hmm. some secret places mm-hmm. and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that for me, pornography earlier when you were asking the question I wrote down, it was the teacher. It was the sex mm. ed that I didn't get in school. Mm. And sure it was um it was what do you call it it was um um ah, what is the word for it so it was it was slick and it was posed and there were certain bodies and there were mm-hmm. elements that mm-hmm. in some ways didn't really figure into my sexual life and my mm-hmm. sexual practice mm-hmm. but they were representatives of this is what the neighborhood looks like and you probably move in here <laughs> into this a house over mm-hmm. here but but it made me think a lot about okay so there is there's the imagine the imagination figures greatly into the um, my life as a sexual person.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: In that, I I I wouldn't call it intellectualizing. I just think about it. So I, I mm-hmm. think about when I was maybe eighteen or nineteen when I started having sex with men. It was very different from the interactions I had with girls up until that point. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. Watching porn didn't really do that. Porn, as we mentioned earlier, you just go straight to the act. Mm -hmm. Or there's a sort of like the we're just waiting for the sex to happen, you know. (laughs) And there's a you know, there's a narrative and people walking Mm -hmm. around and you're like, Oh, are these two gonna do it? No, no, no. These two people are gonna do it. These two people are gonna do it. Okay, okay. You know, thank goodness for the remote control. Thank goodness for the speed it up on the computer. But but it was very I don't know. So I, I remember. So early on, I didn't. I started to, to, I don't know, sort of embrace pornography, as in some ways that were problematic. Actually, because mm. everyone in pornography, or and it's a bit different now. It's really interesting as a as a um, a, a billion dollar industry that's really you know the internet kind of came in and said you can have all the free porn you want. You never have to buy it ever mm. again. Um, mm. So problematizing it has figured into some of my work my writing and some of my visual practices because i'm very interested in the body um sort of rescued from a sort of um having to do porn to live kind of thing Mm -hmm. versus you know more in an artistic artistic way where people are actually um choosing to do that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's a different game altogether sure so but but the one last thing I will say is that in my um, research of pornography, it appears that every single... Pornography has been around forever, whether it's been in statues or in books or drawings or whatever, but that some of the early pornogra- pornographic images kind of pushed, um, according to this one theorist, that um, every single media form has been pushed by pornography, whether it was photography, film, <laughs> video, and now the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. most people still use internet for pornography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. Like
0: by miles. I mean, just mm-hmm. by right. billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
2: that says something about desire. And at the root of it all, I'm very excited about learning about not just my own desires, but how my desires have been shaped by other people's and vice versa. Because I, I said this before, and I think we were off the air, or maybe we weren't, but that I... I started I like to go to different pornography shops when I'm traveling internationally because I think they they don't it's not a scientific method but they speak about something about the desire. What kinds of magazines and videos and apparatuses exist here? Right? Is it just for men or is it just for women? Are there trans folks involved? That kind of thing, you know. But I think it's I think pornography is one of the few places that people can actually tell the truth. Or yeah. Express
1: some kind of truth. Yeah, yeah, so, so here's a that's, and I know that we we've just kind of blown blown past our typical time for this <laughs> yeah, particular <that's> segment, right. <laughs> but I think we just should keep going. Here's 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 um what that makes me think of Stephen is mm-hmm. it, back in the days, and this is when I was a teenager, and you used to be able to go to magazine kiosks and shops, and yeah. they would have the porno in the back and like up above, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, out of reach of like you know children. Mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, up above, and then, you know, they'd have that, um, they'd have those covers, those plastic covers that would gray yes. out or black out, like mm-hmm. the lower, the lower, mm-hmm. let's say, uh, three quarters of the, um, yes mm-hmm. of the magazine cover. So you see right. Hustler, and then it'd just be like black, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. But, but what those magazines, when you could see what was on those covers, and you could, you know, every neighborhood like had a few magazine shops there where you could mm-hmm. see more. What you would see are blonde white women okay. generally so and but mm. that's the re- that's a real key about American culture, I think, in that if mm. you go to other places, I am pretty sure that what you see in those magazine kiosks uh or could have seen at that time would have been mm. other kinds of bodies right there's something in America mm. that really is and I mean, we say this all the time, but you can see it precisely through the bodies that generally graced the covers of porn Mm -hmm. magazines was the centeredness of whiteness, Mm -hmm. the degree to which white women's bodies were fetishized. Oh, yeah. um, but on, but only certain kind of white women, right? Like ten, the Pamela Andersons. Be, yeah, so they, I, Anderson's. Right.
0: I would say commercialized over. I think women's bodies are fetishized. I mean, I think you'd find plenty of of fetish material for non-white bodies. Though right. it was it was effectively but, commercialized right. for a long time uh, in the United States around why I would, I would I probably, I haven't, you know, I don't know, but I would suggest, I would suspect you're probably right that, that it was primarily white. Female bodies, uh, but, but mm-hmm. right,
1: but the bodies of color right exactly get situated as being the sort of dirty little secrets, right? So sure, that, like, absolutely, so like yes. in oh, the back, yeah. like right, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we know, yeah, can like, commercialize.
2: Why should bodies, your pr- but- why should your pornography look any different? Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good marker. So, mm-hmm. so it, to try and keep us under forty, I would suggest we'll wrap up. However, I would like to do one thing mm. so we keep this from being too anesthetic. Uh, I'd like each of us to say our. Favorite uh, genre of pornography. Oh, so so I'll go. I'll go first. uh, BDSM.
1: Wow, did not see that coming. All
2: right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) I do. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Oh Um, man. Oh man! Oh, mine is public. Public sex.
0: Oh really? Public sex. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh yeah. Okay. Public sex. All right, mm-hmm. All right. Seth, you're Favorite.
1: up. Um, that's tough. Um,
0: it's tough because there's so many.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of, It's
0: divulging. I kind of go from genre <laughs> to genre depending on my, um, depending on my mood.
1: Um,
0: All right, what's on your recently added list then? <laughs>
1: oh man, it's like
0: oh my god. Uh, recently okay, so added. Chris I, is going okay, to edit I'll, out this long I'll, pause. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think
1: I think it would be um probably yeah probably like the whole like Catholic school girl student thing.
0: Okay. All right. All yeah. Right. Okay.
1: The, 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 the skirt. That yeah. classic skirt. Like, yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Like, okay. okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. So, Seth Stephen, uh, thanks very much for the conversation as always, um, yeah. and I'll uh, I'll speak to you next week. Okay. Great. Take Goodbye. care. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>